Thank you for listening to the Motion City Church Podcast. We are so excited and honored to have the Prince family join us this Sunday morning. They serve as missionaries in Swaziland, Africa, with an incredible organization called Children's Cup. They have an incredible story, so let's listen in. We're continuing in a series that we've been uh, calling If and If Then, and uh, the whole premise of the series is that um, of, it's amazing how as God loves us unconditionally, so often uh, the way that I don't like the fact that he loves me is that he gives me limitations and he gives me parameters and he gives me um, just boundaries that I'm supposed to live in. And as we've been going through the book of Second Chronicles, specifically chapter 7, 11, and we're going to be finishing the chapter next week, we're seeing God dialogue with Solomon about, um, about a nation, a, a national situation where God lays out the fact that, man, in life there are situations that are going to be hard. And then he lays out the, this, this amazing uh, promise. But he says, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And, and I mean, that's, it's just amazing. It's such a huge call for us as the followers of, of, of Jesus, as the local church, man, to be a people who pray because, man, we want to see God do what only God can do in our own midst, within our nation, within the nations of the world. We want to see God move in healing. We want to see God move in restoration. And then last week we talked about how God approaches Solomon. So we talk about the, 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 the nation kind of on a macro level. And then last week we talked about God uh, speaking more on a micro level where he begins to, to dialogue with, with King Solomon, who's King David's dad. And, and, and the, the, just the, the thes- basic thesis of it is, here's the deal. God says to Solomon, Solomon, if you want someone one of your descendants, if you want a legacy to remain on the throne of Israel, then there's things that I'm going to need you to do. But the biggest one is I need you to follow me like your dad did. I need you to follow me like your dad did. Now, was your dad perfect? Absolutely not. But he was a man after my own heart. He was faithful. Even in the midst of failure, David was faithful to God. And so God is laying out the fact that, Solomon, if you want to see this legacy exist, if we want to see in our lives a legacy exist, not a legacy that we hope is happening, but a legacy that we are confident of happening, then we need to follow God as those of us, as those who have gone before us have followed God. That's meant like it's always good to have a mentor. It's always good to have someone that you're trying to be like. I have about 3,742 people that I'm trying to be like because they're simply just better at me at everything. And so if I want to be a better dad, I'm going to follow a good dad. If I want to be a good pastor, I'm going to follow a good pastor. If I want to be a good husband, I've got it covered. I'm great. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Everybody, that wasn't a joke. Everybody laughed at the non-joke. And usually my mom only laughs at the jokes. Something has gone horribly wrong, Ian. Something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> um, but, you know, if, if I want to have a legacy that's worth leaving, then I, then I need to follow people who are leaving a legacy worth following. And so we, t- God t- we t- looked at how God spoke to Samuel about following his dad's legacy. And this morning as we continue in our series, we're going to be doing something a little different, but something that I'm just so excited about. We talk about legacies worth following. We have a couple here this morning who have a legacy worth following. And, uh, and I met these guys when I was on staff at River Valley Church. I was a youth, pa- I was an intern. I was a part-time stripper at a women's conference. Um, there's a story in that later. There's a story, and we'll tell that later. 
That's, yeah. But you were, weren't you there for that? Yeah, you were there, so you know. You were there. You know. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not Channing Tatum. I'm not Channing Tatum. Um, and uh, so we met, when we were there, and, and you know, on the surface, this is, this is a great family with great kids. And below the surface, they're a great family with great kids. And, and just kind of hearing about the things that, Steph, you were involved in and the things that, what your, what your places your job was. And all of a sudden, we get this, like, amazing, weird, like, slightly terrifying news that they're leaving everything to go to Africa. And it didn't make sense to any of us because we, we, we were, as a church, sad and grieving because we thought we were losing a great family. And, uh, and just like I said, when, you know, as, as we announced last week that Blake Mays is transitioning out of, of kind of the, the church leadership staff and he's going to be pursuing a dream uh, with education, one of the, thing, the thing that God really prompted in my heart last week, which is what I want to say about this week, was this was not the end of a relationship, but just a new assignment. And, and so, um, and I don't want to give, I mean, I could talk about these guys how, but I just want you to hear from him and, and, and by the end of this morning, you will be just as impressed as I am. Emotionally search, would you do me a favor? Would you welcome this morning, uh, Stefan and Krista Prince. It's good to see you. Well, uh, I have my notes too. You guys can grab a, a seat. I'm a stand because my wife said I couldn't bring the other stool. Um, but um, just as we kind of get into this morning, um, why don't you guys just take a moment, introduce yourselves, and maybe just kind of get, because the video didn't work, maybe just give an overview of where you guys are at and what you guys are doing. Awesome. So, so I'm Stefan, and, and this is my wife, Krista. Um, I grew up in a church. She did not. Um, we met and started dating over in Eau Claire, just down the road, and then uh, started a career in the construction industry. And, um, and, and we spent many years away from the Lord. And um, what Pastor Steve was talking about, when we kind of joined the church, he was the, the crazy drummer with the mohawk and the tattoos. And we, we were like, what is, what is this? What is happening here? But it felt like home to us because I grew up in a church that was, um, it, it felt very religious to me. And um, it was all about rules and earning things. And um, so I needed a place to be where I could just be, just be me. And under this sweater, I have tattoos and crazy hair. And I, was, and I saw this guy, and I was like, okay, we're going to go to church here. Um, but um, the Lord began to do just some crazy things in our lives and um, began to transform us. And then here we are 10 years later. Um, we're the directors for an organization called Children's Cup. Uh, we're based out of Dallas, and we have ministries that we oversee in Swaziland and South Africa. Um, we have, the, the way the Children's Cup works is, if you've never been to, to South Africa, um, the family structure is totally broke down, and there's a bunch of kids just running around everywhere, just on their own, on the streets, at home. Maybe mom and dad are deceased from HIV and AIDS. Maybe they're just abandoned. So we have a ministry where we, we oversee 32 care points, which is, um, uh, it's like a, an after-school program, kind of. It's open Monday through Friday, and it's just a safe place for these kids to come and just be kids, playground equipment. We feed them every day, so we see about 6,500 kids a day. Um, and if you um, are familiar with Feed My Starving Children, which is based right out of here in the Twin Cities, we serve their manna packs all the t every day. 
Um, and in addition to the food, um, we bring, uh, we kind of take a, a holistic approach where um, we want to also disciple them. We don't want to just feed them because they're hungry. We, we want them to know Jesus. We want them to know that, that they have a future, that they have a hope. Um, we're going to help them kind of get educated and kind of keep them in school, whether that's paying school fees or, or uniforms or maybe just an after-school tutoring program. Um, we have a medical team that comes to see them. Um, and it's, it's just a, it's a huge mess if you come and see it. But it's an incredible organization that, that we get to lead, and um, we can't believe we get to do what we do. So, sometimes we, I, I like, you know, like you said, it's 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 a mess, but I think it's a beautiful mess. It's a, you know, and and so could you guys just um, just tell us a little bit of the story of how you go from living in Farmington, Minnesota? Like I had to get some, I had to watch rewatch the the Channel Five thing, uh, 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 um, and and so could you just like go through and kind of say like, man, what you were doing. What happened, and then all of a sudden, you guys are now in Africa for, you've been there six years already. So, Chris, are you? Well, uh, we walked through the doors of River Valley Church in 2005, and I think it was fair to say that we were spiritually dead. Um, There was just no heartbeat in us. Um, And, you know, I I think that we started to grow in a crazy way without us even realizing. I'm sorry to leave you out over there. And, uh, and so um, everything, and you know, this is one thing that is just our heart and our passion. Um, if you're going to go to a church, um, believe the pastor that he wants the best for you. And so everything that the pastor would say, we would just do. Not because we thought it was authoritarian, but um, we just knew that he wanted the best for us. So he'd say, hey, um, to the church, not to us specifically, but to the church, hey, we want you to serve. So we get plugged in. And life groups um, and we would also serve in the children's ministry because we have three kids and now they are 13 12 and 10 but at the time they were five four and two um, and so we couldn't just throw them into the children's ministry and then leave um, we had an obligation so our serving started as an obligation but uh, we just started to get plugged in we did financial peace university which was absolutely huge we were way far way far way far in debt Um, But we thought we were living the American dream because everybody does that. And so uh, we started to do that. Um, And then we went on a global team, our first mission trip in 2008. And you need to understand that we were always really comfortable. Like we thought, you know, we don't have any desire to go overseas. Um, We won't be missionaries. You know, we will serve and we'll tithe and we'll do that. But we're pretty comfortable. Um, Steph had a great job um, as the senior project mayor marriage marriage our marriage is great by the way but uh, <laughs> oh over our marriage yes he is which is probably good because if it were me it would tank but um senior project manager for all structural steel at target field so he was doing that he had a great great job i was a stay-at-home mom and everything was going well but we went to swaziland and it just absolutely wrecked us and um here's my plug about a mission trip it doesn't matter whether you go to iowa or Africa, or Israel, or Australia, or Los Angeles, or St. Louis, or Minneapolis. It doesn't matter. Just if you step outside of your comfort zone, Steph likes to call them comfort zone infractions, and you, and you surrender. I love your, your um, message of victory, because if you just lay it down at the Lord's feet and say, you know what, I'm going to get outside of me, and I'm just going to see what you have for me. That's what happened in 2008. And so we went, uh, we were wrecked, 
we came back. I was, I did the physical brow wipe on the plane coming back. Whew, we weren't called to be missionaries because everybody thinks when you go on a trip, you're going to be a missionary. Well, I was really relieved. Well, I had no idea what was ahead for us, but we became debt-free, um, officially paid off $60,000 in 27 months um, through Dave Ramsey, um, eating a lot of beans and rice and um, using lotion um, from the dollar store that would burn our kids like they, we pull them out of the tub one after one after one. Mom, the lotion burns. I'm like, suck it up. We're getting debt free. We'll use better lotion later. And we didn't. Um, but then in 2009, uh, through a series of events, we ended up going back to Swaziland and um, what we didn't realize is that was really a vision trip for us. You know, we'd, we were always just, and it wasn't just a, a chance thing. It was definitely the Lord, but we would just be talking with missionaries and be seated at a table with missionaries. And all of a sudden, our heads started to spin, and uh, questions would come out of my mouth. You know, like when you feel so strongly, and it bubbles up and bubbles up, and then, especially women, we say things like, bleh, and then we're like, I can't believe I said that. Like, we're sitting on safari, and I say to the, um, to the missionary who's hosting us, can you buy hair color in Swaziland? And Stefan's, like, right here. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. But these questions are coming out of nowhere. And so uh, basically through a season of prayer and fasting, um, through um, – council, talking to our missions pastor at River Valley. Um, he was on the trip both times, um, talking to our lead pastor, getting the go-ahead, getting the approval, um, walking through what was expected for us. Uh, that's how we got to Swaziland um, with just, it's only God's grace because we could never do this. And so that's how it happened. So you said you got three kids at, at the time they were five when you guys, uh, when you left, they were five, four, six, and seven, and now they're, she's Louise. Um, they were the little rugrats running around the kids' ministry, and, and, and they're just awesome. Actually, Teresa, could you put up the, the picture on the screen real quick of the, the family? Now, it's going to be hard to figure out which ones are their kids, <laughs> because there's just, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's amazing the family picture that you see behind you and the tapestry that God creates his family. Um, so three kids, we can just leave that up there. I'm going to ask you to introduce them and point, and we'll, we'll, try, we'll try and find them. Um, and, but, like, what was the process for you? I mean, you guys are like, you went, and it's like God is starting to do something in, in your spirit. God's starting to do something in your heart. Like, you're beginning to ask about hair color and, and Swaziland. And, 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 and then all of a sudden... You've got three kids at home. Um, what was that process like when it came to um, catching your kids up on the dream that God's beginning to put? And then um, how have they adapted? Like, what, what is their role? Because um, I know that they're not, I know they're not. I follow Avery on Instagram. Uh, and, and if you want, if you want a, a great Instagram account to follow, you need to follow Mish Kid Prince. Uh, his name is a Avery uh, Prince, and it is my favorite Instagram account um, because I just love watching him. And, uh, and, um, and so could you just introduce us to your kid and then talk about that step and that process? Because when God calls, he calls a family. And, um, and I don't believe in a family, he calls individuals. So could you just go through that? Yeah. Well, Avery's our oldest. He's right at the top of the screen. 
Um, then just to the right of him is Ilea, who's 12, and then Ellie's on his other side, and she's 10. And, you know, like Pastor Steve said, um, when, when the Lord's calling you into something, um, he's going to give that call to the entire family. So um, if anyone were to ever say, we're coming to be missionaries, but my kids are kicking and screaming, we'd, we'd be putting on the brakes um, with that and just talking through that. Um, but the Lord kind of did a work in their hearts too, you know. They never went to Swaziland. They never got to see it before we moved there. And um, the, our kids would just say things like, well, when do I get to go see it? And, um, you know, they were on board um, 110%. And it was nothing that we ever, we ever had to do. We ever had to coerce. We just show them pictures. And they, they were just like, uh, wow, let's, you know, let's go. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Um, well, we received two great pieces of counsel when we were um, praying through this, and it was from uh, the president of Children's Club. Um, they, were, they were in our position at that time living in Swaziland, and now they, they live in Dallas. But at the time in 2009, we were trying to get some counsel. You know, when you're feeling kind of crazy, it helps to have people in your life, like mentors, that you can go to and say, can you help me sort this out? Because I don't get what is happening. And the two things that they said, because I was feeling um, that maybe this was ahead of us, but I was a stay-at-home mom, and Steph was, um, had this beautiful dream that was fulfilled in helping to build Target Field um, for his favorite um, team in the world. And so it was just awesome. And it was just the Lord did that. And it was clear that he was the one um, that brought Target Field to Steph. So what Ben and Susan said to us is, First of all, you need to understand that the Lord will never divide your hearts as husband and wife. He has joined you together. He will give you the same vision. Um, you know what? Um, and so either he will give that passion to Stefan and he will make it clear to me, or he will take that away from me. And I love that so much. So I didn't have to do the work as a nagging wife. I, I could just sit back and let God do it all. The second thing was, we all know Jeremiah 29, 11, and this great verse, hope in a future, it's awesome. But 29.13 says, if you seek me, you will find me. You will seek me with all of your heart. So not seeking, God, where are you going to send me? But seeking God because he loves us so much and he has great plans for us. And so um, I can tell you, after six years, um, and I love to say this because this is all glory to God. There has never been one sleepless night. There has never been one tear. There has never been one even hint of saying, Mom, can we move back to the States? Um, and that's what God does. So when he puts a dream in your heart, he will call the entire family because he's about family. He's about unity. He's not about chaos. And it's been so awesome. Uh, and one thing we, we do just kind of to, to make traditions in, in our family is um, we, we celebrate half birthdays with our kids, meaning that when you've lived half of your life in Africa, we're going to have a birthday. So our youngest has now lived more years in Africa than in America. So she's, she's African. <laughs> it took me a second. That was funny. Uh, it was so because I remember, the, I think the last time you guys were here, uh, we ran into each other at Ikea. And we ran into each other at Ikea because that's the center of the universe. And, um, or where joy goes to die, however you look at it. And... Uh, and, and, and I remember, like, seeing you guys and being so excited, and the, and, and the kids are with you, and Avery was with you. And, and I was trying to, like, remind Avery who I was. But, and it was so funny because there was such a sense about him. I'm like, man, he must just be tired. And, and all of a sudden, as you guys were saying this, like, he wasn't tired. He was just like, 
he was over America. He wanted to be back home, and and that was such a, a such a cool thing, you know. And uh, yeah, so Mish Kid Prince, follow him on Instagram. It is, or, and the Prince family, follow them on Instagram too. It just, it, and I mean, if you're having a bad day, they're never not smiling. And and the kids are. I mean, seeing the thing that things that God's doing through their family, with to, with their family is is just amazing. Um, so this dream. Great job, great home. God begins to stir something. Now, you know, Scripture talks about that. You know, as as God begins to reveal dreams, we're not supposed. To, I mean, there's really kind of a a, a kind of a, a warning sign about just kind of like spewing that to everyone, but to being wise about the counsel that you give it to. Now, now, as 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 you were stepping on in faith, and I remember this very clearly as we were planting this church, as we were leaving paychecks and insurance and houses and the things, you know, that make life happen sometimes, most of the time. Um, but, uh, you know, as we were telling people, we, we honestly got pushback from, from people like, don't do it. Your wife's pregnant. Don't plant a church. Don't do this. Don't, don't plant a church. Any, don't go to Minneapolis. Uh, but, you know, go to a suburb. Go where it's easier. Go where, you know, all these things. And, and, and so in your story, as, as, man, as God is, like, binding your family together, as you guys, like, gaining momentum, maybe not, like, that everyone can see, but just as God's building the momentum in your spirit, and as you begin to share things with people, I mean, did you ever go through any seasons where there was, where there was pushback, where there was um, some people who were just like, you know what, don't do that. Don't do that. And, and, and what did that do for you as you're following God and as people are inputting yeah, there was definitely some, some moments, especially for our family, where, um, you know, my family, they, they've attended a church for decades that supports missionaries. So they're like, wow, this is awesome. My kid's going to be a missionary. But her, her family was very young in their faith, um, and they were confused. Um, and they, you know, it, it's, you kind of like go through a grieving process where they're, at first they were like, wow, that's incredible. And we were like, wow, we can't believe they reacted so supportively. And then the next day, her dad says, this is the worst day of our lives. Um, and we, we, had, um, we had, you know, other families that were like, you're going to do what with your kids? Um, you're gonna, and um, we got the crazy eyes. And some people can't even talk to you. Like, you're like, um, hey, we're moving to Swaziland. And we'd have people be like, have a great day. And they're gone. They don't even know what to say. Um, and so we never really had any people try and talk us out of it that I can remember, but uh, definitely some confused reactions, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, with anything in life, anything that you're going to step on and do, especially if it's radical um, and you know it's of the Lord, that you really need to stay in your lane. You can't look at the next lane. You can't look at what she's doing over here or he's doing really important to just stay grounded in what the Lord has told you, stand on his promises, and keep your eyes on Jesus. Because I think, you know what, the enemy is real, and there's nothing more than the enemy that the enemy would love to do than to take you away from what God has planned for you. And so that was really, really good. And you know what, what we figured out then, and we see it abundantly, is God gives you the grace um, and he equips you to do whatever he wants you to do. And so we feel like we were in this grace bubble, like we're in this big bubble and we're just bouncing along. You know, we're getting on a plane and we're, we bought one-way trips to Africa. Um, 
and we get the crazy eyes. But you know what? This isn't their calling. This is our calling. Um, and adoption looked crazy to us. We're like, seriously, you're going to do that? Or other things look crazy to us because that's not what he's given the grace for. So um, that was just huge. Just, you know what? Stay in your lane. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I want to skip to, to our last question, and, and, and if I, I want to encourage you. Like, they've got some information at a table in the back, um, um, and I want you to just ask. Feel free to ask them questions. The question, I'm just going to tell you, the question I'm going to skip over is, is, is I want to maybe feel more personal, but, but ask them about some cool things that are happening in Swaziland. Like, ha- ask them about the cool things that God is doing through Children's Cup and through, um, through their family as they've been obedient. Because, man, again, it is, such, it is so cool to, um, when you follow Jesus, no matter where you're following him to, we believe that the scripture says that he goes before us. So he covers our, our 12. And he comes behind us, so he covers our six. And he's all around us. And like, like Chris said, it's such a profound word where he's given you the grace for the thing that you've been called to do. Um, and I feel like in my life, I know that there have been moments where um, I've really sat on, I've heard probably hundreds of, of, of missionaries come speak. And I remember hearing so much about church planters, and I remember hearing so many calls to serve in, minist- in, in ministries throughout the local churches that I've been involved in. And I've been one to really kind of sit back and say, oh, you know what, they need, man, I'm going to pray that someone steps up to help. I'm going to pray that someone answers the call. And the truth is, you are the answer to your prayer. Um, God has equipped all of us for specific things when it comes to his greater, his greater plan. And I think that God sets up parameters when it comes to our obedience too. Like he's talking to Solomon. Solomon, if you want to see this happen, then, here's the deal, man, it's up to you. It's up to you. This is your call. This is your responsibility. Man, we live in that if-then tension, not simply as Christians, but just as people, as human beings. And, and so um, I just want to ask you guys, as we're kind of in this series, this kind of if-then series, and again, like it's not, like you said, it's not a religious uh, formula that if we follow God, I put in my coin, you do what, I've, what I need you to do, but it's, it's it's the obedience factor. Could you guys just encourage us in, in, in the time, in the few minutes we have remaining, and then I'm going to invite the, wor- can I have the worship team come back up, and we're going we're gonna to respond. But um, would you guys just encourage us about when God calls you to do something in faith that other people may call crazy? Um, could you just, because inc- I believe that, man, God is stirring some things in, 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 in hearts this morning. It'd be impossible to not hear their story and, and, and have a twinge, you know what I mean? Um, but could you just encourage those of us who have, man, are, are, man I, I feel like I'm supposed to step out of faith, but other people are calling it crazy, but I know God's called me, and, and, and could you just encourage us from your experience from the last six years, um, just encourage us, please. Um, I would love to. I think my biggest takeaway is that I never wanted um, to step into ministry or because we don't have any ministry background. And I think that um, I never wanted to step in because I thought it would be miserable. And I looked at missionaries and thought, whoa, what a sacrifice and how boring and how mundane and how horrible. Um, and 
I think that we would say that we don't even see the sacrifice because the blessings are so huge. Um, I never wanted to homeschool, even though I have a teaching degree. I'm on my seventh year. I said I would never homeschool. You probably shouldn't say the word never because there's a good chance that he may get you to it, and it's probably just your flesh saying, ugh. But, um, but I didn't want to homeschool because I thought I'd make my, um, my girls' dresses. You know what? All the homeschooling kids are weird. I thought they would have, never have any um, social interaction. And just to see what the Lord has done there. So um, you need to understand that um, God may take you a little bit kicking and screaming, but what's on the other side, you can't even imagine how beautiful and how awesome it is. And um, we would never take the American dream, what we had before, um, as opposed to what we have now, because he's so good and faithful. It's awesome. And, you know, I love the, the sermon series that you guys are in, you know, if, if then, right? And, um, you know, for us, when the Lord was kind of stirring in our hearts, he, you know, like when he called us, you know, he, he wasn't like the pitching coach or the, the, the manager giving us a signal like you're in, you know, you're off the bench now and you're in. Like he led us to a point in our lives where he gave us a choice. And, you know, we could either continue down the road that we were on, had a great career, house, cars, everyone is healthy, all that. We were so blessed. We could continue down that path. Or we could do this crazy thing that, that he had given us an opportunity to do. And as I was wrestling with this decision, you know, what if we kept going the way that we were going? I didn't want to live with the regret of wondering what if. What if I would have done that? And I also asked myself the question, if I go to Swaziland, do you think the Lord would ever let me regret that decision? And the answer was no. No chance that he lets you down in, in that situation. Um, and so for me, staying where we were and in the career and in the home and all that was riskier and scarier than going to Swaziland. And that's, I feel like, when the moment that the, the Lord kind of dropped the call in our hearts. So I would just say, you know, faith looks crazy to people. It looks risky. They were people that didn't even know how to have a conversation with us after that. But what we did is we got under the cover of our pastors who, were, who, were, who knew us, who were speaking to us. We surrounded ourselves with like-minded people who knew us and were take, they were willing to support us and get behind us. And we just went for it. We took the biggest risks, risks of our lives and we've been so blessed in the last six years. Our lives are so rich and full. We just love what we do. As one of those pastors, as we were, I remember sitting in all staff and the announcement came, and there was kind of that grievous moment, and because and, we, were, I mean, who who wouldn't want these guys at their church? Like, good lord, like they're amazing. And I think about what you just said, and the risk would have been greater for us is if God's calling you. I mean, He's called you. I mean, when God calls, I mean, you go. You go because because he's faithful to walk with you through no matter what he's called you to. He's got, you're, you're covered in the grace for that endeavor. You're covered in, in the strength for that endeavor. And, and, and I think about the risk we would have taken as the leadership of the church of being like, we would rather have the princes with us than be obedient to the thing that God has called you to do. Thank you, guys. Man, I love you guys so much. And, and um, 
And I just want to say, um, as we stand this morning, can we just thank them for, for sharing with us? Can we thank Steph and, and, and Krista? Thank you, guys. And, and so we're going to, here's the deal. I think that, I don't know, for me, I, the only way that I know how to, to, to respond to some things is simply to just kind of go back to Jesus, you know? Um, but I just want to, as, as we have heard, if we, as we've listened to, to their story, um, I don't want to leave today with any regrets. I don't want you to leave today with any regrets. And so I asked uh, Steph and Krista if they would bring some child sponsorship packets. Um, they got about a handful back at their table. Um, and if God is stirring something, man, it's like, man, I wish I could be an answer to one of the questions that, man, how is the kid going to eat? Or how are those children going to hear about Jesus? Man, you're that answer. You are the answer. Does it mean, man, I, I can't go to McDonald's as often as I can? That, yes, that's, that's, that's an answer. You know? I can't, maybe I have to cancel Netflix. God, could you imagine if God actually called you to cancel Netflix? I mean, I mean the list goes on and on of the things that, that we're giving up, but and as we sacrifice, the gain on the other side is greater. Because we're about seeing Jesus made famous one life at a time. You have an opportunity this morning to be a part of that one life at a time. And so if God is leading you to sponsor a child, don't hope that somebody else will. will be the answer to your own prayer. Go back and talk to them. Look at the table, man. Look at the faces. And if you're, you're le- and you don't want it, then don't go look at the faces. Don't go look at those beautiful faces that have been imprinted with the handprint of God on their life. Man, go look at the faces. Re- read the names. And it's so fun to get to, I, I know we, we sponsor a child through Compassion as well as through Children's Cup. And it's like that family picture. Like, you know, Pilo, she's part of our family. She's my Swazi daughter. And, and Mugisha is my son in Rwanda. God's family is so much bigger than our concept of family. And so as God's leading you, then respond. Father, we thank you, God, for this time. God, I, I, I have been so challenged to simply just be obedient. Stay in my lane. God, you've covered me with the grace that I need for this moment, for this season, for this call. And God, as you've graced us for all of these callings that are on each and every one of our lives, God, Father, would you just do something inside of us that is, that is a, a spotlight into the darkness of humanity, that we would shine the light of Jesus whether it's here in Minneapolis or in Swaziland, Africa, God, that you would use us to shine the light of Jesus into the hopelessness and despair that exists within our own humanity. God, as we respond to you this morning, God, as we worship you this morning, God, would you meet us? Would you restore us? Would you refresh us? But God, more than anything, God, would we lift up a roar 
that shakes the foundations of hell and lifts heaven high. Because Jesus, you are worth it. Jesus, we declare that you are worth it, that you are the great victor, that you are the conqueror. So God, as we respond, would you be worshiped? Would you be glorified? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Motion City Church podcast. We want to be able to walk with you and beside you as you go throughout life. So if you ever have a need for prayer, we want to be able to pray with you. Please email us at motioncityprayer at gmail.com. We would also love to have you join us in person next week. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at Falwell School of Performing Arts. We hope you have a fantastic week.